Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. summer movie season has arrived and boy has it arrived with a motherfucking bang what's going on everybody welcome one and all to another edition of your favorite movie podcast the beer swilling finger gesturing duo known collectively as force perspective this is episode 78 civil war and peace i am your host sports guy 515 and on this episode we will review the highly anticipated follow-up to avengers age of ultron the opening film of summer 2016 this is Captain America Civil War. Before that, allow me to introduce my co-host, the only man other than Sam Wilson to own a bird costume, ladies and gentlemen, Adolfo. And that sound you hear right now is thousands, perhaps even millions, of DC fanboys losing their collective shit. I thought you were going to say crying out in terror and then becoming suddenly silenced. Well, that too. uh all right so not not that we have to really say this when we do these types of reviews but spoiler heavy folks so if you haven't seen it yet go see it first come back listen to the rest of the show but um here's the thing i want to ask you first to kind of get the ball rolling on this it's uh i mean we talked about like how we felt about the film beforehand on our last episode with draven where we did the summer 2016 preview excuse me the preview and I just want to know, I mean, uh, I'll let you, I'll give you the floor first, but as soon as those credits roll, you see the mid credit scene, you see the post credit scene, and you're just sitting there, what's going through your mind at that point? Um, I don't know. The, at this point, going through my mind, it, it, you know, the movie just starts off hot. It starts off with a bang uh, with – well, I guess not because we, we first start off with that 1991 sequence, right? But then you, you start off with the the bang in uh, – where are they? Laos or whatever? Lagos. Lagos, yeah. Uh, and and uh, so you start off with a little bit of intrigue, you know, kind of setting up the mystery for the movie. And then you go right into the um, – uh, right into the action pack with, with Captain America and Black Widow and uh, – uh, Falcon and they're trying to and Scarlet Witch and they're you know trying to uh, hunt down uh 
I don't think they ever mentioned him by name. Uh, it, it's Rumlow from the from Winter Soldier, who right. in who in the comics uh, turned into a character called Crossbones, uh, which is why he had like a skull look on on his mask there. Um, so you go right into it. Oh, and, and and before we get too far here, are we going spoiler heavy on this? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I mean, I, I already mentioned in the beginning. That Did you? I'm sorry. Yeah. I totally. I totally missed you saying that. I, I apologize. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, so, so so his name is Crossbones, and then we just go right into the right into the action. Yeah, yeah, and uh, um, I was gonna say, I mean, Crossbones doesn't last too long in the film. I mean, you see what happens, and this is the catalyst for the whole Sokovia Accords that kind of make up the crutch of the film. Now, what I was gonna say was. I was a little because, of course, I'm not the comic book guy. You're the comic book guy. You know, I'm seeing Rumlow because they mentioned him by name. And I remember Winter Soldier, and I'm seeing him with the mask. Like, I, I'm, I'm assuming he's supposed to be like a Captain America villain, you know. But yes. I just don't know. I, no, but this is what I'm thinking. Like, while I'm watching the movie, but I just don't know who, you know. So I know, like, as soon as the movie's on, I'm gonna jump on Wikipedia and see what what villain he actually was because it's kind of cool that you know you don't really get like an origin of Crossbones. He, he's just there, you know. So you kind of just jumping into the whole. Like the, well, you, the you got his origin in Winter Soldier. Winter Soldier, yeah, but like you don't, he doesn't get like the costume, you know. At the end of that, he just gets deformed or whatever, you know. But uh, yeah, but that was that was cool. And then you have the uh, the whole catalyst for 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 the film, you know, with Scarlet Witch, you know, saving Captain America's life, but you know, also killing all those humanitarian workers in the building. So that's uh, and this is the thing about this movie, bro. It's just that there's a lot of shades of gray here, you know, because. Something when something like this happens, let's just imagine in, in kayfabe terms, right? When something like this happens, bro, where somebody fucks up the way they do, you know, there's gonna be consequences. And you know, do you think that the accord? I mean, not getting too too political, but do you think the accords after an event like this were the right thing to do? Well, I mean, uh, it, it's here. Here's here's I'm already gonna go ahead and start the comparisons, right, to Batman and Superman, because this film. Is another superhero movie featuring two uh, beloved icons, two two uh, of their brand, you know, fighting each other, and something we haven't, which we haven't seen before, okay, and fighting over more or less the same thing, you know, in Batman and Superman, Batman was pissed at Superman because of all the the all the the destruction and chaos and lives that were lost because of Superman's actions. And in here, it's it's a it's a you know a moral disagreement over should the government have oversight uh, of the heroes or not. Um, and <laughs> I'm sorry, DC, but Marvel does it better. So the reason, and, and I'm going to answer your question in just a second. Uh, the reason they do it better is because as you watch the movie, and whether it's Captain America or it's Iron Man. Or it's Black Widow, or it's Scarlet Witch, or it's Vision, or it's you know Falcon, or or Black Panther, or Spider Man. When you hear their reasoning for why they're doing what they're doing and what side they picked, you don't disagree with them. You understand exactly where they're coming from. It's more nuanced than just this side is clearly right and this side is clearly wrong. Like you understand all sides of it. Uh, and it works out in a much better way than in uh, Batman Superman. Now, do I agree with with that? 
I certainly think that if we lived in a world where superpowered people were possible, I, I don't I, I don't think it would have taken as long as it did in the Marvel Universe before government agencies started trying to crack down on it. I think as soon as it happened, they would try to crack down on it. Um, but I, I, th I think that it, in, in theory, the idea is a good idea to have some oversight. Uh, but I also, you know, I understand Captain America's turn, uh, point of view of like, yeah, but those those committees or whatever are still run by people and mm -hmm. people are corrupt and people can be, you know, uh, swayed to to do bad things. Absolutely. That's and that that's my uh, that's the thing, too, because, you know, on paper, it seems like it would be like, like you said, it's, it's like a good idea. But, you know, after Captain America explains, you know. Um, you know, what if we need to be somewhere and they won't let us go? Or what if they make us fight their their wars for them? You know, and, and that's when you start seeing like, you know, like underneath it all, you're absolutely right. You know, humans are running these organizations and humans can corrupt. So that's the risk that you're running if you agree to, to this. Um, now, we're going to be jumping back and forth, you know, because we, we're, I'm just gushing about this movie. But what I want to talk about right now is i mean look at the name of, of the of the law or whatever it's called the sokovia accords it's based off of what happened in age of ultron now this is what i i think what i took away the most about this movie is that it makes me want to go back and watch age of ultron again because it made age of ultron so much more relevant again other than just like being an avengers film you know where like all this stuff happens but now, like, everything that happens in Civil War is basically from the villain to, like, the whole, like, main plot is a direct result of the events of Age of Ultron. And I'm probably going to go back and watch it this weekend now. But uh, what do you think about that? Well, I, again, I, I enjoy, you know, we, 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 we were a little uh, mixed on, on Age of Ultron on the show. Um, but I, I do appreciate that they went back and they looked at, See, I don't know if you want to call it a mistake, but look at like, okay, what did they do in that film? Let's do from that, and let's show that in our world, uh, these things have consequences. And again, when you go back to Batman and Superman, the beginning of Batman and Superman, they show that 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 these things have consequences, but then they abandon it for the rest of the film. Whereas in this film, they show that they have consequences and they stick with that theme, the entire runtime of the two and a half hours or whatever. Um, it makes sense, uh, and and they continue to have consequences as the film goes on. Um, so, yeah, I I do like that they worked in Age of Ultron. I think they they worked with like the palette of the Marvel uni cinematic universe that they had at their disposal, and all the history and all the movies that they've had there, and they 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 chose what they needed to to work into the story, and I think they did it well. Exactly, exactly. And that's the thing about that, too. It's just that um, – now, go, go back a little bit to – like I, I talked about earlier, we talked about like Captain America's reasoning for not wanting to sign. But then you go look at Tony Stark, you know, Iron Man's side, and you have that scene like at the beginning when he's talking to the, to the woman. I believe she's like a government worker. I forgot exactly what, what position she has, but she talks about how you know her son died in Sokovia and she blames Tony Stark. You know, and, and and not for nothing, but going back to Age of Ultron, wasn't that the main complaint that people had that like you know all this mindless destruction to seem that was going on, you know, and the, like the Avengers didn't care, kind of like what happened in the other in the first Avengers film, wasn't that the main complaint of Age of Ultron as well? 
Like, I'm trying to remember. Uh, yeah, people complained about that at Age, Age of Ultron. The, the difference was is that um, in that film, they actually do spend time trying to save people as opposed to, like, Man of Steel, where they don't. Right. <laughs> exactly. But now go, going back to, to my original point, though, so the woman is blaming Tony Stark and the Avengers for the death of her son, which, I mean, for all intents and purposes, like, they were saving the world, but, you know, these things happen. You know, they they could have been careless, you know, but it's just with the whole thing that was going on, you know, it, it, I guess these things happen, but it still doesn't make it any less of a tragedy. Right, but Tony Stark was the one who created Ultron, so... So that made it, that that made him feel more guilty than anybody else. Yeah. So, like, you know, he sees that, you know, like, you know, we have these powers. Now, I think this is also Vision's logic, too. He talked about how, you know, as the Avengers, like, kind of started sprouting up, like, each individually, so did, like, other super-powered beings that were on the other side. So, like, ever since, like, they came on the scene, you know, there's been, like, a rise in, like, you know, super-powered villains and all that stuff, which is kind of interesting, but... You know, it, it. what was the – I forgot exactly how he said it, but he basically said that, you know, in part, they're basically to blame for, like, all this destruction. Even though, like, they're trying to do good, it's like the the uh, the other side just gets more powerful and they have to stop them. But then there's, like, casualties in between, you know? Right. Yeah, no, I, I agree. But, uh, I mean – but that's the thing, I, uh, again, I love about this movie. It's just the whole, like, just shades of gray, like you talked about earlier – um, you understand both sides. It's not so much like who's right and who's wrong. It's like you understand Tony's point of view, and we're gonna get to that for 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 the ending of the film. And you understand Captain America's point of view as well. Um, what were some other things that you liked about the film as far as the story goes? Um, well, I just it was just I was never bored. You know, I I the the entire time I think the. The, it went on as a good clip. Um, you know, it, it never felt boring. I was a little concerned ahead of time that you know. Uh, so the in the comic books, the whole the the whole um, story revolves. It's a similar thing, uh, but it's because a bunch of um, so basically in the comic books, what happens is that there's a team of young superheroes called the uh, the New Warriors, right? And uh, they're they're chasing like a bad guy. Uh, into the suburbs, and the bad guy does something kind of heinous and blows up. Uh, you know, while while they're trying, you know, the 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 young superheroes are kind of careless, and um, they allow, they kind of through their in incompetence or whatever you want to call it, uh, allow the the super villain to like blow up elementary school, and then this gets the government involved almost in the same way where they're like, you know, there has to be accountability and, you know, um, you know, we're going to step in here and it, there's going to be, they, they weren't Sokovia Accords or anything like that. What it was is uh, superheroes now have uh, like super powered beings now have to register with the government and expose their identity to the government. And Iron Man was on, was basically on the same kind of side that he's in now in the movie. And Captain America was like, no, you know, these people have families. They're choosing to do this and put their own lives in danger. The least you could do is give them their uh, anonymity and blah, blah, blah. And then that's how they, they fight. So it's, a, it's about something a little different because in, in this film, it's about a little bit more about Bucky and, and how uh, they're using this, uh, Sokovia Accords as a way, as a means to to capture uh, the Winter Soldier, and I was a little concerned going into that that it was going to kind of lose sight of everything, and it was going to be kind of, you know, and you know, it, 
yeah, it didn't turn out like the comics. But you know what? It's fine because the, the, the way they did it here was still very entertaining. Now, the only like the only kind of criticism I have is uh, the reasoning all of this stuff kind of gets put into motion uh, with the villain. Um, it's a little convenient. You know, like everything falls into place a little too easily. That's my criticism. I mean, but I'm willing to let that slide because the rest of the film was so perfect. Uh, but but I mean, it. I mean, I have the same. I have the same criticism of the Dark Knight, and I love the Dark Knight. The Dark Knight's the greatest comic book film ever made. Um, but you know, if you look at the Joker's plan, everything works perfectly for him you know like everything falls into place exactly how he wants it into place so uh, so that that is a little like okay but but when you're watching a movie where you know uh you know guys are flying around and, and have super strength and stuff like that i guess you can you can kind of let that logic fall out the window a little bit but overall i thought the story was good i liked um <clears throat> excuse me i liked the uh the inclusion of, of all the characters i thought they you know, even though the story focused on Captain America, Iron Man, and and the Winter Soldier primarily, um, the other characters got a good chance in the spotlight. I th I think the only one, the only two characters I think were a little shortchanged uh, were the Vision and Scarlet Witch. Um, I don't think they had a lot to do here. I mean, Scarlet Witch is important th at the beginning of the story, but not so much for the rest of it. Uh, but for the most part, I, I did enjoy the the way the story played out, and I did like the villain um, Helmet Zemo, who yes. in the comics um, in the comics is 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 uh, a supervillain called Baron Zemo. And spoiler alert, folks, if you go watch look at Baron Zemo in the comics, he's way different than this. Uh, Baron Zemo is your kind of typical muhaha kind of villain you know like he doesn't really have a lot of motivation for what he does he's just evil whereas in this movie they actually gave him really good motivation not quite like magneto in x in the x-men movies but close like you understand where he's coming from and you get why he why he is the way he is and why he puts his plan into motion uh but it's it's um it, it, again, it's a little too. The, the, everything works out a little too well for him sometimes. But at the end of the day, I, I, I still did enjoy that villain. I'm very glad you brought up Zemo because I was actually going to give you the floor to actually talk about like Zemo because I, I'd never heard of him, you know, until now. So I went back and looked at him and saw that he's like an Avengers. He's a real Avengers villain, you know, like yes. And he's um, got he's got a purple mask and he's like very he's very wacky looking, you know. He he's very comic book villainy and uh, villain in the in the in the comics like he he's like very like i've got a grandmaster evil plan to rule the world kind of kind of villain ah, okay. uh, but he's not like that in this movie uh but i prefer the way they did him in this movie because he actually has motivation in, yes. in the comics he's just kind of he's just kind of another guy that wants to rule the world right right now what would you like the comic version what would you rank him as far as like avengers villains like i know you have thanos at the top like where do you fit zemo in Zemo, I mean, as far as comic book villains, Zemo is one of the top Avengers villains. Uh, he runs like in the comics, he runs a like an Avengers group for supervillains called the Masters of Evil, where he like collects all the you know all of the arch enemies of of the of the superheroes, and then has his own Avengers style team of villains, uh, and they're called the Va Masters of Evil. So he's like he is like one of the top uh, baddies for for the Avengers. All right, and then and I'll... I'm glad that they didn't kill him off because at the, yes. end of the movie, 
like you now now we can now we can expect to see him again. And uh, whether we will or not, because you know, because we know the next thing coming is is going to be the Infinity uh, uh, storyline. Although they did say that those movies are going to get retitled. Um, I heard about that too. So I don't know if that means they're going to change the focus of them because they've they've spent so much time building the Infinity stuff. Uh, they even touched on it in this movie too, with Vision talking about the the stone on his head because he's got an Infinity Stone on his head. Um, they so I don't think they're going to drop it but i'm interested to see what the titles what they rename the titles to and how that changes the focus of the films if at all um so i i don't know if we'll get zemo in the next movie or so uh but he's he's there for future use which i think is good well i mean the the, uh the russos and the the actor daniel brawl i don't know if i'm saying his name correctly i think it's ruel ruel well i just call him frederick zoller because that's how i know him but uh (laughs) but anyway he talked about how like you know he talked about like that Zemo does have a purpose in the film, but it's more to set up a future film. So it's kind of hinting that he may be like in a future installment, even though like you were saying, like it'll be more about the the whole the Thanos battle with Infinity War. Even they're going to retitle the the movie probably, but um, it'd be interesting to see where he fits in and all that because he didn't die, even though he wanted to to commit suicide at the end. But uh, well, it could be you know in the comics, in the Infinity Gauntlet storyline, um, you know Doctor Doom plays a major role in it. I wonder if they like replace Dr. Doom with Baron Zemo, mm. you know, they, cause it's, they don't have access to Dr. Doom, uh, or at least not now. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. Not Very yet. Soon. But, but, they, but I mean, there's been, those rumors have been floating around for a while. I, I'll believe it when I actually, when I actually see a press release, you know, like, so, like Sony and Disney did for Spider-Man, when I see an official press release, I'll believe it that, that Marvel has the rights back. Um, but, they don't have access to Doctor Doom, so they could always kind of substitute Baron Zemo in there. Uh, and again, I keep calling him Baron Zemo, but he's not—he's not a Baron in the movie. Uh, he's just a Colonel or something. Um, but yeah, I thought he was very good. He didn't have a lot of screen time. I, I could have used a little bit more of them, but the movie was already pretty long, so I could see if they cut any stuff out. I could see why, but uh, what we got was was really good. Um, yeah. And, and real quick, uh, Crossbones. So we saw him blow up at the beginning of the movie. Now, the actor, Frank Grillo, the alpha Frank Grillo, by the way, um, kept teasing that, you know, this won't be the last time you see Crossbones. I don't know if I believe him, but uh, what do you think about that? Do you think there's any chance of him coming back after the way he left the film? I mean, it's a comic book movie. There's always a chance they can bring him back. Um, But I took that as a pretty definitive death. And Crossbones is not like a superpower He's not like he doesn't have superpowers. Like he 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 might have like like Captain America has limited superpowers. He's like he's super strong, but he's not Hulk strong. He's not Iron Man strong. He's not Thor strong. He's just the I, I think the way they describe it in the comics is that the super soldier serum allows uh, a uh, someone like Captain America to be at the peak level possible that a human being can possibly be. So it's not necessarily superhuman, it's just the strongest possible a normal human can be, or the fastest possible a normal human can be, or the, uh, you know, whatever, you know? Right. So that's technically what he's supposed to. Now, in the movies, they kind of stretch that a little bit. I mean, in this movie, he was holding back a helicopter, and I was like, that's that seems a little, that seems a little t- uh, heavy for Captain America to be able to do, uh, but whatever, I- I'm willing to let it go. Um, but so crossbones is kind of on that level. So there's nothing there that would make him be able to like come back from the dead. Is <laughs> right. <my point>. So, <laughs> uh, 
I do. I, I mean, if they bring him back, it, it better be some really creative way to bring him back because yeah. that. Because like when Bucky died in the first movie, I knew they were gonna eventually bring him back as a Winter Soldier because that, that's what they do. Well, that's Bucky's eventual thing, and you never saw him definitively die, right? You just saw him fall right. off a cliff. Fall off cliff. But here he gets blown to he gets blown up. He's blown up. So <laughs> I would be very interested to see if they bring him back. And I was actually kind of bummed that they blew him up because he is a cool character. He, he's a he, and, he, and let's be real, he's not like he's a he's um. He's a Captain America villain. He's a well-known Captain America villain, but he's not like, um, he's not like the Red Skull. You know, he's not Loki. He's not, you know, he's not one of the top guys. He's like a, he's like a upper mid Carter. Right? Upper mid Carter. <laughs> you know, he's, like, he's like a, he's you know, he's like a Chris Jericho, right? He, he he's he's not quite the top guy, but but he's almost there. Not a tippy um, top guy like Red yeah. Skull. <laughs> he's a top guy when you need a top guy. There's no other top guys around, right? right. Uh, but he's not the the main. You're, he's not your main heel. Um, because he's usually a henchman for a lot of things, but he's still, you know, and the thing is, um, I guess the thing that I, I was a little bummed that they blew him up is that as much as I love the Marvel Cinematic Universe, the villains aren't all strong. I and mean, we got Loki. He, he's strong. Uh, we've got, uh, you know, Zemo. He's strong. Um, and then, but a lot of them are dead. You know, like, uh, I mean, like if you go through it, Iron Man 2, Whiplash is dead. Uh, Iron Man 3, the Mandarin wasn't even what he was supposed to be. Uh, and the other guy, I forget his name now, he's dead. Um, Thor, the other guy who wasn't Loki, was boring. He's dead anyway. Um, uh, Yellow Jacket and Ant-Man, he's dead. Um, who else am I missing? Guardians of the Galaxy, Ronan, he's dead. He's dead. Um <laughs> You know, uh, they they kill off all their villains. The only ones left alive, I think, the Abomination is still alive from the Hulk. Um, I mean, and is then, that and it? And Ultron's they, dead. Ultron's, Ultron's dead. Okay. They can always bring Ultron back. Ultron, you could bring back because he's a robot. You can always say, "Oh, surviving piece of AI software." Blah blah blah. You know, you can always do that one. That one you can bring back. Um, but everyone else is dead, dead, dead. They're dead. Uh, so it, it's a little, <laughs> you know, they, I, at this point they couldn't do like a masters of evil story because they only have like one other, one or two other villains running around, you know? Right. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, it, it's a little, it's a little, I was a little disheartened that they killed off Rumlo, uh, just because they, I just don't think they should kill off villains cause you can always bring them back, but right. whatever. Speaking of death, um, I was reading a few, like, you know, tweets, reading a few reviews, reading a few, uh, like, different things about the film, and there were a few people, I'm gonna get your opinion on this, there were a few people that were a little bothered with the way they killed off Agent Carter, like, she just died off screen, you know, and you didn't know it was her funeral until you saw her picture. What did you think about that? That was kind of a shocking point in the film, so even though it was right at the beginning. Um, I think those are people that are probably really invested in the TV show, and I actually, um, uh, I bought the first season on Amazon Video to watch. I've watched the first two episodes of Agent Carter, and that's actually really good. Uh, it's a lot better than Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., which has so much potential, but they keep blowing it that I, to the point where I've just stopped watching the show. Um, and, and Agent Carter is the one getting canceled, and Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is still on, so go figure. Uh, <laughs> but Agent Carter is a really good show, so I think people are probably upset that you know a character they've invested – let's face it, if they've watched two seasons of Agent Carter – they've technically invested more time in agent Carter than they have in any of the Marvel heroes, because it's, you know, 
eight episodes at an hour each. It's like 16 some hours, you know, so of that one character. Uh, so it, it's, uh, I, I can see why, why people would be invested in that. I didn't necessarily have a problem with it. I knew whenever, whenever he got the text, what they were talking about. Um, so I, I knew what, um, oh, here's a nerd out moment for me real quick. When, um, uh, when his, uh, when Sharon Carter, uh, his, uh, got up to give the, the eulogy, she gave the speech. Uh, she gave this speech where she said, and I actually just posted it on my Facebook. So I'm gonna, and I want to get the exact wording. Uh, where at the end she says, um, "When the mob and the press and the whole world tell you to move, your job is to plant yourself like a tree beside the river of truth and tell the whole world, no, you move." Um, that is a line lifted, lifted, lifted right out of the Civil War comic book. Uh, but Captain America <laughs> is the one who actually delivers it, um, and, and it's something that like every time. Um, every time, like, there's some, like, actual real-world injustice going on in the world, whether it's, like, you know, uh, uh, marriage equality or the tra- transgender issue or, or anything where where there's uh, something, in some inequality or civil rights issues are happening in the real world, I always see the nerds post that panel from Civil War that, of Captain America saying that because it's it's it always rings true. Um, and it, I, I, I'm okay that they gave it to Sharon Carter in this movie and it, not to Captain America, but I'm just glad that they actually lifted the line from the comics and put it in the movie yeah that's pretty i didn't i had no clue even though i have now the civil war comic that i recently bought i haven't had time to read it yet because i just bought it for the film but uh I'll oh, be... you'll see it's 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 it is a lot different uh, but but it, it's you know it, it, it's it's different but it, it's still very fun and i enjoy and i certainly enjoyed the movie and i mean they're it's different, like Days of Future Past is different. You know, it's not quite the same story um, as the comics. It's, there, there are similar themes there, but like the details are all are all messed up. Um, but both films, I think, still do the the spirit of the intent uh, of the of the of the comic good, even if they do if they even if they didn't do a literal translation. And I know there are people out there that are really pissed off that it wasn't a literal translation of the comic. <laughs> but you can't do that. I'm sorry. You can't. You can't literally translate. Sometimes, that's all I'm saying. So I was sli- kind of going on a slight tangent here. I was flipping through the the comic, just going through the pages, and I saw like the you know, Fantastic Four is a part of that. Daredevil, like literally, like practically everybody, everybody in in the universe. Everybody was. Yeah. Was was a Daredevil, part of that. X Men. Which is why you couldn't things. literally do it because you know they can't have X Men in there. They can't do Fantastic Four yet. So it's like, of course, you, it can't be literal because. They don't have the rights to those characters right now. But uh, right. anyway, um, my there's, question... There's an alpha moment with Spider-Man in that book that I really love. And it's, you know, Spider-Man's on Team Iron Man. No, he's on Team Cap because he switches alliances in the, in, in the book. He's on Team Cap at this point. And I'm just going to nerd out for a second. And um, in the book, in Team Iron Man, uh, they take some former villains and kind of uh, repurpose them to fight for Team Iron Man. You know, and uh, Mr. Fantastic is on Team Iron Man, and uh, there's a point where you know the the, the they're colliding, and Spider-Man, you I'm, you'll find you'll see it whenever you'll know it whenever you see it, and uh, you know he he they just show a panel of him dodging and kicking everyone's ass in like one panel, and you see Reed Richards like say something like that's fantastic, and then Spider-Man just punches him in the face. He's like, no, amazing. <laughs> it's a pretty alpha moment for Spider-Man, so I, I I really like that that panel. And I was kind of hoping for something a little similar here, but they didn't do it. Um, but let's let's talk about Spider-Man. 
Well, real quick, before we move on to Spider-Man, that's, that's a good segue, but actually what I wanted to ask you was, I, when I was flipping through the book, I actually didn't know that the whole uh, death of Captain America wasn't part of the like the like main Civil War storyline. It's like an epilogue. Yeah, that, it's an epilogue. That, that's a separate book. Yes. yes. So I was kind of bummed about that, but... Uh, I was actually kind of curious if they were going to pull that up, do that here. I was like, because they could totally do it, and 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 it would have been like a, a a neat cliffhanger to end the movie on. I'm okay that they didn't do it, but I was interested to see if they were going to try it, because like it would just be interesting to see if they if they ended it on an Empire Strikes Back like note. Well, they like, still the did, fuck? by the way, in a way, but and they we'll get to that later. Did. They kind of did. They kind of. I mean, and it's funny because they make an Empire Strikes Back joke in the movie. Um, <laughs> it would have, and and it feels almost like thematically, it's like the Empire Strikes Back of the Marvel universe, where they set they leave things in kind of a dark place. Uh, but it's not super dark. Like it's it's a very uneven place. It's a very unsure place. But it's not like Empire dark. Right, right. But yeah, I was I was kind of bummed. I'll actually flip to the end of the book. And all I see is Captain America, like, getting arrested and giving up, and then that's the end of the story. And, like, I thought he died. What, what happened here? They had to look it up and see, oh, wait, that's a separate book. But it's still part of the Civil War thing. He's, he's, he's back. He's, he's fine. And, anyway, but... Uh... In, in, the, in the comics, so here, here's, a quick, here's a quick rundown. In the comics, he dies. Bucky takes over as Captain America for a while. Uh, Captain America is find out through comic book science magic. He's not actually dead. Uh, they bring him back. But then he ages super fast, like to his act, what his real age would be, you know, like 100 years old or whatever. And he's yeah. now walking around running shield at like 100 years old. And then they finally aged him back to regular Steve Rogers. Oh, and then the Falcon became Captain America while he was an old man. Uh, and then they de-aged him back to cap regular Captain America youth. And now he's back as Captain America. <laughs> okay. This is why comics are sometimes really stupid. There you go. <laughs> and I love comic books. I really, really do. But comic books and wrestling have a lot, of, a lot in common in that you love it. You love it when it's good. You love it. You love it so much. But there's so much stupid shit that you have to like get through to get to the good. Where like they just do shit. You're just like, come on, man. Really, you did this? Come on. So it's like WWE. Uh, yeah, it's exactly it's exactly like it's a very strong parallel. Like you you get some good stuff and you're so happy when you get it, but then like you're so happy you get it because you sat through so much garbage to get to that good <laughs> stuff, you know. So like it, it, there's a lot of strong parallels. Um, but anyway, so oh, yeah, okay. So Spider Man. So I don't know about your your screening, but as soon as the the big giant letters that said Queens popped up on the screen, everybody started clapping because they knew it was coming. Oh, they they they. They knew it was coming like before it even said it. They like whenever yeah, whenever they're sitting there like uh, oh our side's a little understaffed you know, or whatever the he he says something like that. It's like yeah. like uh as and, and he says uh I got an idea or something. Whatever Tony Stark says to say, to kind of set up right before he goes to Queens. Um yeah because cuz uh, Black Widow goes like well my my uh my recruit is downstairs. Where's yours? And then it just cuts to Queens. Right. <laughs> so like when she says where's yours and then like you kind of see this look on Tony's face. And then they cut the, and, and it's like people started kind of go, oh, here it comes because they teased it. Oh, they teased it so much. And then up, 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 and then there it is. And then there you don't you, you they tease it real good. You kind of just see him walking. You see him from behind. You don't actually. He's walking to this shitty apartment in Queens, and you know he's not paying attention. And then there, then then there's Tony Stark just sitting there macking on Aunt May. And I must say, Marissa Tomei, my flagpole is at full salute. There, I mean. 
Jeez. Like, how old is she? And she looks. She's like 50, dude. She's old. She's like fine. Still looks fine. Look at up. Marissa Tomei. Just that wouldn't kick her out of bed. Hold on. Let's ask Siri. (laughs) Siri, how old is Marissa Tomei? Checking. Okay. I found this on the web for how old is Marissa Tomei. 51, dude. Holy crap. <laughs> she does not look it. She looks unbelievably <laughs> fuckable still at her age. Like, amazing. Like, you can she's understand gonna, Tony Stark getting not, on her, you let's know? Not be dis- let's not be disgusting men here. She, she's, <laughs> she's a fantastic actress as well. That's I mean, true. She, she was awesome in The Wrestler. For, for like the five minutes she was on screen here. But yeah, in The Wrestler, she, yeah, she was absolutely fantastic. But, but oh my God, that is an attractive woman. Um, uh, but now let's and, get to Tom Holland, though. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, let, let's get to Tom Holland. Tom Holland. All right. So I am a fan of the original Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. I think that they're good movies. I think the Spider-Man 2 specifically is the greatest superhero movies of all time. And I think that it absolutely catch, captures the heart and the spirit of the early Spider-Man books when Stan Lee was still writing them and John Romita was doing the art, uh, that early run of Spider-Man, that those two movies absolutely capture them. Do they have their issues? Yes, especially part one. It has their issues, like the Green Goblin looks stupid. I totally agree with everyone on that. I, I know Toby can can has a very terrible, <laughs> terrible crying face. Toby, bro. Uh, I, I understand that. But I think he absolutely nails Peter Parker in those movies. He's absolutely the awkward, dorky, super nerd that he's supposed to be. But, you know, after Spider-Man 2, I have not had a good Spider-Man movie. And Spider-Man 2 was 12 years ago. And at this point, I was ready to be done with Spider-Man. And I Spider-Man's my favorite character. He's my favorite comic book character. He's always been my favorite comic character. And I was like, you know what? I got good, two good Spider-Man movies out of it. I should just be happy and thankful I got two. I we, every other one that's come out has just been crap. So you know, all right, whatever. I, at least I got the two good ones. At least I can say I've gotten two good Spider-Man movies. And I, after twelve years, after twelve years uh, since Spider-Man Two, I, I can finally say, oh, oh, I'm excited to see Spider-Man on the big screen again. Uh, because holy shit, Tom Holland. And it's not just me. You look every, I would say almost 100% of the positive reviews that this movie got has mentioned how great Tom Holland is and how he's probably the best Spider-Man we've had. Uh, Because he has finally, they have finally gotten the mix right. Because Spider-Man is supposed to be kind of an awkward dork. And Peter Parker got that, or sorry, and Tobey Maguire got the Peter Parker stuff right, but he never really nailed the Spider-Man. And Andrew Garfield always got the, the Spider-Man part right. I, 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 he got that right, but he never got Peter Parker right. And Tom Holland, in the 20 minutes or whatever he is on screen, absolutely gets both parts of that character right. Absolutely. I am so thrilled with what they did with this character. Uh, I, 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 it's the best Spider-Man we've had in a movie in over 12 years, and I'm super happy. Uh, Tom Holland, um, yeah. Uh, he's the he's fantastic. I was very happy with his performance as well. And the the times he was on screen, especially during the big battle sequence, you know, it was just not only was it like 
you know, it was awesome to see, but it's kind of surreal too, you know, because knowing that, you know, Marvel hasn't like Marvel Studios hasn't had Spider-Man for like the longest time now, like, like ever, I think since the inception of the MCU. And then finally, you know, he's, him, yeah. he's back home, you know, and seeing him interact now with Captain America, with Falcon, with Winter Soldier, with Iron Man. It was just kind of surreal. Like, I, I, my brain couldn't process what I was seeing, you know, like I had to get used to it because it just and, seems and, so weird. And, and let's and let's be real here. Kicking ass. Like, yeah, it, it was, you know, he couldn't let you couldn't have him get over on everybody because, like, we've spent all these movies investing in all these different characters. You don't want him, like, kicking everybody's ass. Right. But. He got over on people, and they got over on him. It was very even balanced. You saw that he was a threat. And it was – what's great about the way that he interacted with the characters is is, is that everybody, like whether they were fighting with him or against him, had this kind of like, who is this annoying little kid? What the fuck is this kid doing here? And and then they would like get their – get punched in the face, and they'd be like, Oh, what the hell? What? This kid just punched me in the face. You know, they had that. And that's exactly yep. how he is in the comics. Now, in the comics, he's not a kid anymore. In the, in the comics, he's like a 30-year-old man, right? But he, in the comics, he's also uh, not uh, – he's he's never lost that smart-ass kind of like I'm constantly talking while I am fighting because I don't know what else to do. I'm just going to constantly talk, 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 talk and annoy the shit out of you. And that is what he did in this movie and was fantastic. Now, Sal, that just very quickly, let's fast forward to the end, and after the post credit scene with with Tom Holland, uh, you see the word "Spider Man will return." That got big applause too. After. Oh yeah, people people were super happy about that. I just find it funny though that like the name of the Spider Man film was Spider Man Homecoming, and I wonder what like if the title can have anything to do with the actual plot, or if it's just Marvel celebrating Spider Man coming home, you know, to them. I think it's but, uh, both. I think it's going to be a play on words. Uh, I know a lot of a lot of a lot of fans are like, "Oh, it's a stupid title." Shut up! You haven't even seen the fucking movie yet. <laughs> I mean, shut the fuck up. Like, it's fine. It's a fine title. It's 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 okay. It'll be fine because it's a play on words. He's in high school, so I'm sure like the homecoming dance will have something to do with it, right? But it doesn't matter because the play on words because Spider Man is home. Spider Man is where he belongs. He's in the Marvel universe where he's supposed to fucking be. He's back home. It's a homecoming. It's a perfect title. It's fine. And by the way, whenever they first announced Spider-Man was joining the uh, was joining the cinematic universe, um, Sony and Disney were kind of like, "Yeah, this is a joint venture. You know, Sony's gonna oversee how we handle the character. You oh, know, but we're both kind of we both kind of have our hands in it." That's changed. Like Sony is basically going. Sony Sony kind of has has a cherry deal here in that they do pretty much none of the work and then get the re- half the reward basically because they're going to just they they technically distribute the movies. So Sony's going to distribute the movies, um get money for for all of all the ticket sales or whatever, but Spider-Man is is, is going to be overseen by Kevin Feige and Marvel. It's not going to be overseen by Sony and Disney. It's going to be overseen by Marvel. So Marvel is going to be the creative force behind it. It's not going to be Sony. So Sony's going to reap rewards from this, but they're not going to actually control it. And before it was going to be a kind of like a both people have control. No, it's just Marvel now. That that's in, that's an interesting deal. Like I, I guess. I guess the important thing for Marvel was to have just have the character back and be able to, you know, put well, him I mean, in the storylines and control him rather than I mean, like the whole monetary I mean, thing. Disney's going to get money out of this too. I mean, it's not like they're going to like, they're not doing it for charity, but it, it's at the same time, 
they they also like I think Kevin people know now after they've seen the fucking dumpster fire that is DC Comics and how that company okay. at Warner how Warner Brothers they just don't have any direction for that for those superhero stuff like they have Zack Snyder who doesn't know what the fuck he's doing and they know that Kevin Feige like you know they've had many different directors in the Marvel Cinematic Universe um, and you know that you've had Kenneth Branagh you've had uh, John Favreau, you had the Russo brothers, uh, Joss Whedon, whatever. Um, but you can probably say that like those are all Kevin Feige movies because he's the one that actually has the creative vision to pull everything together because those, that's his thing. And now, and now he's recently been given a little bit more control because before, like for up until I think Iron Man three or, or so, maybe a little after that, uh, he was he was the creative lead. Um, but he still had to answer to, and I forget the guy's name at Disney, who basically wrote all the checks. Now that guy, who I, God, I forget his name. Now that guy has kind of been moved off. He still works for Disney, but he's not kind of in charge of Marvel anymore. And now Kevin Feige's kind of like, he's kind of the big boss now. So he could probably write bigger checks than he would and, and probably attract bigger name talent, you know? So I wouldn't be surprised if in the future you get some more top top paid talent like uh right. it, 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 for for movies but th- i digress so kevin spikey is like the man in charge now uh so i think sony probably realized yeah all right you guys just run it we'll just take the money right right now i mean i did want to move on to talk about black panther but you kind of brought up a, a good point about like the the shit fire that's dc comics um now i did want to ask you actually earlier but we kind of got sidetracked on different things um there's a lot going on in this film. There's a lot of different storylines. There's a lot of different like characters like getting spotlight, and there's a lot of different things I don't have to say. Especially near the end of the film, there's a lot of different things going on. But at the same time, it didn't feel like there was a lot going on. Like I was able to follow like every single little arc that each character had. You know, and it was a lot of characters. But it's like I was still able to like coherently follow everything. Whereas in Batman Superman, it it was hard. They didn't have nearly as many like. Uh, storylines going on, and yet I had trouble following all of them. It's like, what the, what the hell's going on here? Like, Batman this can't Super- be that hard. Batman had Batman and Superman had two main heroes. One hero that was basically a, a glorified cameo. One two one villain that creates a henchman villain and uh, a news reporter. That's all they had. And somehow they still managed to fuck that all up. In 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 Civil War, we had what like fourteen different heroes. You know, and <laughs> and yeah, like I said before, I think you could have given more time to Vision, a little more time to Scarlet Witch. Uh, but overall, like they all kind of got their moment in the sun. Um, uh, they introduced Black Panther and they introduced Spider Man both very seamlessly, seamlessly into the story. And they both the way they worked, like it didn't feel, it didn't feel like, it didn't feel um forced. It was right, all, like Wonder Woman. Yeah, like, like Wonder, Wonder Woman. Woman. No, you know what? I'll give I'll give him this. I don't think one woman in general was very forced. Like whenever she was first introduced into the story, where she's at the party or whatever, that was fine. Um, what was forced was like was whenever all of a sudden, like uh, you know, she pops up uh, and, and she's got like uh, the the YouTube files of like all the other heroes and stuff. That was very, <laughs> you know, uh, with all their logos for some reason. Yeah. That was, um, uh, but you know, it, 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 you know, and oh, and can I just sorry, I'm, I'm geeking out here. I, I wrote a status about this, uh, and I hope I didn't spoil it for anybody who was on my Facebook and saw it. But 
look at the difference between Marvel and DC. Marvel knew Spider-Man was in the movie. And they had filmed Spider-Man. And he was in the fucking movie. In key scenes in that movie. And they deleted him from the fucking trailer to keep that element yes. a surprise. Now, in the final trailer they released, they didn't do the thing where he flips, he webs Captain America's hands. And, his and that was like the like the little tag. And that's all you saw in all the trailers from 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 last year until until right before they released the movie. I think right before like they had maybe one extra little scene with with him in one of the commercials. Like you know, I think in one of the thirty second TV spots, I saw the the scene where he's like, "Oh, cool, you got a metal arm." Like, and that was it. But everything, like, the scene where they're running toward each other, he's fucking in that scene. And they totally erased him out of it to keep that a surprise. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, did they also uh, erase Ant-Man from that scene as well? No, not... Ant-Man is in the scene. He is in there? Okay. He is in the scene in the trailer. Uh, I, I'm very, because I, 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 he's he's definitely in, in, in all the trailers. So he's in that scene too. Oh, and we never talked about Ant-Man. Uh, but let me, before we get to Ant-Man, uh, but I mean, but look, compare that to DC, who blew their load on the Wonder Woman in the trailer, blew their load on Doomsday in the trailer, showed you fucking everything. You saw that movie before you saw that movie. Exactly. Like, and, but in the Civil War trailers, you looked at that. Every time you saw that trailer, did you, didn't you think that that big airport fight was like the last thing you would see? Mm -hmm. Did you think that would be like the climax? Right. So these, you had like... there, was, there was still like another 45 minutes left in the movie. <laughs> exactly. That, that was like the end of the second act. Now that's kind of like my kind of main comp main complaint. But now I'm nitpicking. But like my main complaint was that like after that big fight, there was kind of a lull, like it, where the movies tended to kind of drag until you got to that final confrontation uh, at the base, and that's when it picked up again. But for me, from the time that fight ended all the way to that point when uh, Zemo Zemo uh, confront Zemo, I'm sorry, confronts them, that's when it picked up again. But that time in the between was like, uh, let's, let's what's what's gonna happen? You know, I was kind of getting antsy. See, it didn't bother me. I actually, I thought that that was fine. I did, I didn't think that was any problem for me. But what I, what, but what I think is what I, what I'm really happy about is that that scene, the way they played it up in the trailers, it seemed like the epic final showdown, and it actually wasn't. And um, right, as a and when you come, you compare that to DC, where they show you the entire fucking epic final showdown in the trailer and every beat from that trailer in them in the trailer and, and right. from that scene in that trailer as opposed to the and i just i just i just nerding out that they fucking erase spider-man from the trailer <laughs> just to keep that just to save that for you to actually watch the movie because you're not going to give that away they're like no you have to pay for that you have to pay to see that that's yeah, awesome yeah that is awesome like, again. Over that. and what else i geeked out over ant-man doing the giant man gimmick yes that was so. For, for, so you don't read comics, so you might not know that Ant Man is also Giant Man. Now he started off as Ant Man uh, in the comics, but then now this is I mean, he was Hank Pym first, but um, and he started off as Ant Man in the comics, but then through the same science that he can grow small, he can uh, shrink smaller. He also discovered he can make himself bigger and became Giant Man. And then that mm -hmm. was like so. And then there was a time in the comics where he would just go back and forth. When he'd be small when he'd be small, and he'd be big when he'd be big. So I love the fact that they introduced that in this movie. And I, you know, there was a rumor, and like I was trying to avoid spoilers, and I kind of, I kind of got it spoiled for me that that was going to happen. Um, but I was like, you know, so I was kind of waiting for it to happen. And I was like, I don't know, is that going to be? Is it going to be cheesy? Is it going to be lame? But it's not lame at all. It's so nope. super cool. 
<laughs> I love how he teases it. He goes like, you know, I only tried this once in a lab. You know, I don't know if this is going to work. <laughs> and then all of a sudden you see so, it. And I kind of passed out when I did it, and I hope I don't get ripped, torn in half. Uh, but you'll you'll know whenever you see it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then he had a wreck. And then they did the fucking Empire Strikes Back gimmick with Spider-Man. Yeah. <laughs> That was awesome, bro. I'll mark it out for that, where he's, like, uh, doing the webbing around his legs so that they to trip him, you know, like the yeah. 80s. Uh, that was like, fucking awesome. He's like, you guys ever see that really old movie, Empire Strikes Back? And then I think it was War Machine. He's like, how old is oh, this, this kid? kid. <laughs> yes. Mark it out, bro. That shit was awesome, bro. That fight. Bro, I love this movie. Dude, I, I love fight, this fucking movie. That airport fight. I will – I'm not ready to say that this is the best comic book movie of all time, but here's what I am ready to say. That airport fight, hands down, is the best, like, comic book come-to-life moment in any comic book ever. Like, that looked like a fucking comic book, man. That And that fight was long, dude. It went a while. Uh, and to the point where I thought, I mean, it was pretty far into the movie at that point, so I thought we were getting the last the last part of the movie. Well, here's the thing, because um, I, if I remember correctly, in the first trailer, you saw, like, Iron Man and Captain America fight, like, one-on-one with, with Winter Soldier. So I thought that was going to be, like, the mid-battle before yeah. you got to this climactic battle. But when this sure. happened first, I was like, oh, no. So there's going to be, like, a bigger battle later with, like, a one-on-one fight. So that's coming at the end then, I guess. So, But I still – I, I, I love this fucking – this group battle, though. But this group battle – so here's the thing. The group battle was the spectacle, right? It was, like – it was like what brought you. It was like the the. It was bells and whistles. It was it's what sold you the ticket, and it looked cool. But what the the battle at the end? It was just a three way fight, and it was all about story and character, and drama, and, bro, and drama. Yeah. And and the actual fight was pretty cool too. Him and Tony just just like beating the shit out of each other was pretty cool. And again, let's 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 uh let's let's style it back. Let's compare it to Batman and Superman. Batman and Superman had a fight where a quote-unquote normal guy fought a super-powered being. And in this fight, they had a quote-unquote normal guy, I mean, he's got a little bit of super strength, but whatever, fighting a guy who should be able to kick his ass because he's got weapons and, 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 and body armor and all sorts of other shit on him, right? And the fight looked believable and real, and he just kicked... And, and he didn't kick it. They kicked each other's ass, right? But it was much more... There was so much more drama at stake there and so much more heart and soul... And and storytelling and character development. There wasn't Batman Superman, and nobody was like, "Your mom was named Martha." Ah! No, none of that shit. <laughs> like it was like they were, and 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 then when the fight is over, they're still kind of pissed at each other. They're not over it really. Like they like they kind of ended it on a bit of a a little bit of a high note. Like you can like you know they had uh, uh you know Cap send that letter to to Tony. And Tony read it. Like, you can kind of just tell, like, okay, Tony is maybe trying to see things from his perspective, blah, blah, blah. But it's not necessarily – they didn't necessarily – they're not necessarily forgiving each other yet, you know? Right. They're still kind of like – Yeah, let's – uh, Sorry. Gotta, no, 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 you can finish up, and then I'll, I'll go. Um. It, but yeah, it, it's it. Uh, I I just love that that fight scene. I love both fight scenes. But that 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 airport fight scene, I think, hands down – has to be one of the no it has to be the best comic book come to life scene ever um like because and you never got lost you know where everybody was you know oh the spider-man's over here fighting this guy and this oh and and i love the i love the part where uh spider-man is fighting captain america and you know 
uh, Spider-Man's geeking out over Captain America, you know, and then finally, like, uh, Captain America gets the upper hand on him, and he's like, you got heart, kid. Where are you from? And he goes, Queens. He's like, eh, Brooklyn. Okay. I was like, hey, 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 walks away, bro. <laughs> That's it. That's all you need to know. <laughs> That's a cool moment. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Um, but as far as the uh, – oh, before we – because I was going to talk about more about the final fight, but focusing on this for a little bit. Um, Black Panther, I always kind of had reservations myself about how, like, introducing Black Panther in, like, an ensemble film – how it would go over, but man, bro, Black Panther is a fucking badass. What a oh, fucking Black Panther's awesome. Black Panther is freaking awesome, and you got his. I mean, and they didn't make his like uh, they didn't drag out like his whole origin. Like as far as like the uh, the character, you know, he's probably been Black Panther for a while now. We're just you know seeing him for the first time, you know, in in the Marvel film because he talks about how like um. Like, uh, in his culture, like, there's a defender, you know, for, for justice and all that. So he's kind of leading you to believe that he's already been Black Panther for a while, you know. And uh, because of the death of his father, now he's kind of, like, getting into – like, he's, he's in it for revenge, you know. But uh, just uh, Chadwick Boseman a, as Black Panther was freaking awesome. And he – I mean, and that was – it was good kind of seeing, like, you know, this uh, – this – conflict i guess from kind of like an outsider's eyes because since this is the first time we're seeing black panther you know we're still trying to get to know him and all that and it was kind of awesome to see like you know a fresh pair of eyes on this conflict you know because he has no ties to any of the avengers at this point so you know seeing him just come into it you know was pretty awesome so, so just to give you a little um background on, on, on panther so Black Panther is, is just like he's, he's portrayed in the, in, the, in the book. He's the king of Wakanda, which is like this African nation. Now, like you saw it the, in the in the post credit sequence that they were putting the Winter Soldier in this uh, under uh, back under ice in this kind of high tech lab. That's the thing about what what has always been cool about Wakanda. When you think about like, you know, rightly or wrongly, you have certain stereotypes in your mind when you think of African countries and African cities, right? But like, what's cool about Wakanda is is that. Uh, you, it, Wakanda in the comics is always, and obviously it's a very, it's a fictional country, um, but it's it's a it's a it's a country that is looks and feels like a traditional kind of African, you know, nation with like traditional African people and the kind of the same kind of outfits and and you know, uh, culture, but it's like the most high tech civilization on the on the planet. So like, you know, you have this like, you know, people rightly or wrongly think of Africa in general as kind of like a little more backwards than the rest of the world. But in Wakanda you have this super advanced culture that's more advanced than the United States, more advanced than Japan, more advanced than anything. Because they've got this like what what Captain America's shield is made of is called vibranium. It's a fictional metal. Uh and it's um and Wakanda has like the the only like vibranium mining sources or something like that. So they're like, so they're a super rich country as well. Um, so like, so he's the king of this country, and he's a badass like badass warrior, you know. Uh, so it, they got it perfectly right. Uh, I cannot wait to see the Black Panther movie and like explore Wakanda and what that's gonna look like. Uh, I think that you know introducing him in the movie first. That already has equity with the fans to steal uh, a gimmick from 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 uh, from Draven. Uh, that ha- has equity with the fans and introducing him that, and then getting the fans like, "Oh, this guy's awesome." That whenever they finally roll out his his own movie, they're gonna be ready to see it. Oh, hold on a second, bro. I'm just actually scrolling through this this guy's bio. He married Storm. 
What the yes, hell is this? Harry Storm. <laughs> Storm was Queen of Wakanda for a while, yeah. <laughs> what the fuck? And that's actually in 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 uh, I believe they're already married in the Civil War book, if I if I'm not mistaken. Maybe that's... wait, hold on. That's Maybe pretty I'm funny, bro. I'm, I'm actually kind of marking out for that. Actually, I might be wrong because there was another, there was another, um, there's another storyline in the comics that was like Civil War, but it didn't involve everyone. It was called Avengers versus X Men, and that's maybe whenever they were at odds with each other. No, that think that's what I'm thinking. Of. It was Avengers oh, versus okay. X Men. That's kind of wacky, bro. <laughs> anyway, but yeah, yeah, Black Panther's awesome, bro. Yeah. Uh, yeah, he was awesome. He was fantastic. Oh, the 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 chase scene with the motorcycle and yes. the, it was him and Winter Soldier. Oh, that was awesome. Like it made him look like a total badass. Um, yeah. Um, here's my next question because I do want to talk about like the final fight in a little bit, but I keep sidetracked because there's other things like I keep thinking of. Um, did you think that either War Machine or Winter Soldier was gonna bite the dust here? Because in the final fight, I really thought Winter Soldier might 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 get it, but I actually I, I thought I did think um I did think that uh, Bucky was gonna die. I, I honestly thought that that was gonna happen to him there. It, it obviously didn't. I thought I thought J- Rhodey was gonna die as well. But I mean, they gave them consequences, even if they even if they were a little you know at the end of the day, Marvel is still run by Disney, and then maybe they did not want to pull the trigger on that yet. Um. And have like an absolute, like you know, absolute death in in the film. Um, but like, I fully expected Rhodey, like whenever Vision shot him, fully expected him to be dead. Um, I would have been okay if they killed him off, but he still there's still consequences. He's paralyzed, and he needs like Stark gear to help him walk now. Um, yeah. And 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 uh, you know, uh, Bucky doesn't have his arm anymore, and now he's got a. Uh, Oh hey, it is like Empire Strikes Back. He lost an arm, uh, <laughs> but um, <clears throat> but yeah, uh, it, it's. I I, I think I could have. I think there should have been at least one death, like Quicksilver in Age of Ultron. Uh, I was gonna to, say, like, it, I think he's the only stake. hero that's died right in the MCU. If I'm not mistaken. Yeah, he's the only hero that's died so far. So to give it some more stakes, I would have done that. But it's uh, overall, I'm still fine with it. Right, right. Now let's let's talk about the ending for a minute because, boy, like at what once that final fight started, I was like, holy shit, bro. Because it's like, okay, so let's let's kind of set it up for people. So, Captain America takes Bucky to uh to the site of the where the five super soldiers are frozen, right? If I'm not mistaken, wherever yeah. that is. Okay, and then uh Iron Man finds out that he's going there from Falcon. Who says he's going as a friend and all that? So because he has evidence that you know uh, Bucky was framed in the whole t- that terrorist attack. Um, so they follow. He follows them there, and they find that like all the five super soldiers have bullets in their heads. So Zemo was there ahead of them and ended up killing him. So then Zemo reveals himself behind like a freaking one of those like doors that had like the the eyeglass thing there, which is freaking awesome. Like he really looked like a super villain through there, and then. He showed like like a like a fucking cold, heartless bastard. And but this is part of his plan to to fracture the Avengers like he wanted to do. He shows him the video from December 16, 1991. That's the thing he kept like searching for. From the beginning when we first introduced him, he found that Hydra agent, you know, tell me about December 16, 1991. Hail Hydra. That was a pretty awesome moment too. But uh so and you find out that and the we talk about the 1991 sequence, the beginning of the film, what you see uh Bucky um, track down this car 
you know, have the car get into an accident and steal the the what was in the suitcase, which was the serum, the super soldier serum. You find out now, and th- at the end in the video that the people in the car were Tony Stark's parents, and that's how they died. It was because of Bucky, bro. Bucky, uh, uh, while he was like, you know, brainwashed, he killed the Starks. And that sends Tony into a fucking fury, as it would any freaking normal person. And that's what prompts the fight. Because Captain America says, you know, it wasn't his fault. He was brainwashed, and you can't blame him. And, but at that point, it's like, you know, he lost his parents, right? The, the guy that actually did it, the physical person that did it, is standing right in front of him. So, of course, that leads to the big final fight with the big, like, dramatic music and the big action sequences. You know, they're like, oh, it was so... I love this fucking movie, bro. The drama here was so... Like, I was on the edge of my seat. Like, I, I, didn't, I didn't know what was going to happen next. And it was just so, so enticing and so enthralling, you know? I just, I can't love this sequence enough. So I have some slight criticisms of this sequence before I get into uh, me, me, you know, um, you know, blowing it. Because I did love the sequence. But I do have some sorry, slight criticism. Like, I don't, I may have missed it. But because I, I I saw it at a dine-in theater and it was like right around this right around at the start of this sequence the checks that, were coming that the checks were coming and I was trying to deal with that and whatever so I may have missed some dialogue, uh, you know Tony asked Cap did he know did he know and Cap says yes, when did Cap find out that that's a good question because like, I when he said when he said that I was wondering that too and I'm wondering maybe that was like, something that happened off screen when like he he found Bucky in the apartment. And they were talking. Maybe he said something like that. Maybe I missed it. I, as I think well. I missed that moment. Like so, because I don't, I don't remember an on-screen moment. And someone can, you know, hit me up on Twitter or something, and tell me when it was, because I don't honestly remember uh, seeing that moment where he found out that, or, or read the file or whatever that Bucky killed the the Stark. So I, someone, let me know. The other criticism I have again is the grandmaster plan of Zemo just worked out a little too well. Like, it just was such a, like, meticulously thought-out plan, and everything worked exactly the way he wanted it to work. It just, it was, it took, that just took me out a little bit. I was like, it's a little too convenient that everything worked exactly how you wanted it to work. Well, that know? was all his whole, like, his whole thing in the in the movie, right? Like, everything that he planned from the beginning just happened right. to work out. You like, know? the whole thing worked, like, from him framing Bucky to... to to, to getting to, to the there being more scrutiny around superheroes to them Captain America trying to track down Bucky and Iron Man and like he somehow knew that Iron Man and Captain America would end up on different teams and then that they would end up fighting each other and then they would find out what was happening you know he, they both find out about the super soldiers and they both tracked them down and then they would both blah 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 and I was like all right it's uh, it's all way too much planning it's a little too much like that's my major criticism of the story is that the his pl- his plan is so convoluted that it works too well. Like for like, it should have been a little more simpler. Like I know his grand plan was to have Tony and Cap kill each other off and destroy each other, and they basically did that. They made the Avengers kind of foundation all pr- practically crumble. But it's that was way too master plan evil. Like it was just all right. It's a little too much. I'm gonna let it slide because the rest of it was so awesome. But. It's a little. It was a little silly how it all fit into place. Um, that said, the fight scene was awesome. Uh, I, I I marked out several times here. Uh, one and and you know and I marked out twice for two moments that I had already seen in the trailer. But I'm gonna talk about the one I didn't see in the trailer, and that was the and again because they're not fucking idiots like they're over at Warner Brothers. 
they saved this for the actual movie and didn't see it in the trailer. The scene where uh, in in the middle of the fight, uh, Iron Man like puts up his repulsor rays and Captain America blocks it with his shield and they're kind of both like facing each other and there's sparks flying. Right. That's from the fucking comics, man. That is an image <laughs> from the comics. And it, it I they saved that for the movie and I marked out so hard when I actually saw it. As opposed to like the Dark Knight Returns shot that they used in Batman Superman that they gave the trailer. Uh, I would have marked out for it in the movie if I would have seen it in the movie, but they gave it away in the trailer, so I didn't care. But in 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 the Civil War, it, um, the two moments that I really liked that they, that were in the trailer that I still marked out over whenever I heard, saw them was whenever whenever uh, Steve was like, "I'm sorry, he's my friend," and Tony says, "So so was I." And they continue to fight, and then Iron Man gets the upper hand, and he goes, "You know, stand down." He's like, "I could do this all day," which is a callback. To the to first, first Avenger, yeah. There the you go. First fucking movie. So like, uh, I totally geeked out over it because, uh, and you know what? You know what, Zack Snyder, and I've defended Zack Snyder before because I I'm a fan of uh, of the Watchmen movie. I, I I don't hate 300. I think it's an okay movie. Um, and I I've never actually seen it, but I've heard Dawn of the Dead is pretty good. So I, I've defended him before. He 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 actually has some talent. Uh, in directing, or maybe like, had some talent because that's all like early stuff. Let me put it this way: when he directs a scene, he does kind of he does kind of subscribe to that school of thought that every frame is a painting. And if you look at his films, and you take story out of it, you take acting out of it, you take anything else out of it, and you just look at the picture, they are very meticulously shot and they look good. Like they're very well, they're very well framed. They look good. Everything is pristine and looks perfect. So I, I will always give him credit for that. Right. But right. he does not fucking know how to t- how to talk about a superhero. And if you t- if you give Captain America super strength and and flight and heat vision, he's fucking Superman. He's the same character type, right? He's the he's the I'm always going to do the right thing, Boy Scout, uh, American flag waving, literally, you know, truth, justice in the American way, superhero. Yet, this is a guy that will smile. <laughs> this is a guy that is, you know, human. This is a guy that will always do the right thing. This is a guy that doesn't fucking murder people. Uh, <laughs> and he, he's a guy, like, he's likable. He's what Superman should be. And he's not even Superman. Like, in Zack Snyder, over in his movie, he's, he's I don't think Clark even smiled once in the entire runtime of Batman vs. Superman. And it doesn't have to be like all smiles and, and, and happiness like in the Richard Donner films, but Jesus Christ, like have some lightness to you. And that moment where he gets up and he goes, I could do this all day. That is fucking perfect. That's Captain America. That's the guy at like, it's not just him saying I could fight all day because I'm a badass. It's a little bit of that. It's a little bit of that. But it's also that I'm not going to stand down for my, my values and my virtues. I'm going to stand up for what's right, and you're going to have to kill me because I'm never going to stop fighting. That's what that means. That's what, that's what that line is. Uh, it's not just I'm being a badass, but it's, it's, it's I'm never going to stop fighting for what's right. And that they perfectly captured Captain America in the first movie and in this, and I love the fact that they had made a callback to that first movie. Yes. So uh, I, I, I think you can say to say that I, I recommend this movie. <laughs> But now look look at the aftermath of that battle, bro. Bucky had his arm torn off by fucking Iron Man. You have Captain America's face a bloody mess. 
you have I, the Iron Man suit practically destroyed after he put the shield through, like, the fucking core. And that was a freaking awesome moment. And then as he's walking away, bro, you, my father made you that shield. You don't deserve it. You know, and he just throws the shield on the ground and walks away, bro. Like, oh, my God. The emotions, the drama, just soothe, soothing out of that scene, bro. Like, oozing out of it. It's just, I, I, I was losing my mind. That's such a great, epic moment. Yeah, it's fantastic. The, the 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 final like the final couple scenes are really good. Um it's you know, you you see, you know, the, their relationship is is broken at this point. Like it's the fight's over, but the relationship is still broken. And and the um the uh like you said the that that moment where he just says, you know, you don't deserve that shield and he just tosses it down. Like you kind of see that you kind of see that moment like and it's good acting, man, because like Robert Downey Jr. like has this moment that as soon as he says it, you kind of see in his eyes like I shouldn't have said that. That was that was a low blow, but it didn't. It, but it's too late. It's out there, and Cap's like, "No, you're right. Fuck it. Here, I don't need it. You know, <laughs> here's here's a, here's a shield. Take it back." So you know what that does? You know what that does? That is the perfect setup for that. Whenever they do, whenever they do finally get back together and they and they team up again. That's a perfect setup for for Tony to just be like, "Here's your shield. Let's get back to work." Right, absolutely. And uh, and here's another thing I like. It's very subtle, but here's something else I liked about Zemo. Now, his motive was pretty well hidden throughout the film. You know, you don't really find out till the end because you see him in that that first scene in the cafe, right? And he's listening to the voicemail. You know, talking like his wife, I guess, is like you know they're putting the kids to bed or like the kids are acting up, whatever it was. And he's like, you know, we'll, we'll see you later. You know, you think, oh, okay, he has a wife and kids at home that are waiting for him after, you know, to come after he does whatever he's going to do. You know, because at this point, you're still not really sure what he's up to. Then, after that whole big fight happens, Iron Man, Captain America, and you see him throw down the shield. You cut back to Zemo, and, like, Black Panther's, like, coming up on him. You're hearing the voicemail again. And then it's like, wait a minute. Something's not right here. And then he deletes the message. And then you find out that... His family, his whole family was killed in Sokovia during the, the the final fight in Age of Ultron. And then you're like, oh, okay. Like, you you, you don't agree with his actions, but now you kind of understand that, which again, like, even like, like Draven would talk about, like, in pro wrestling, like, you know, the motives of the heel, like, you know, the best heels have, like, motives that you, you understand, you know? And that's what made Zemo here also the perfect foil for this movie. And he wasn't even, like, like he was captured, but it's like, he won though. He fucking won. You know? Yeah, it, it's not quite it's not quite the Joker in, in Dark Knight, but it's almost there. You know? Right. It, it's like he he got captured, he's in jail, but ultimately he kind of did what he set out to do. He he didn't necessarily destroy the Avengers, but he broke them. He broke them. And um I think the moment that he deletes the the uh, voicemail. I think that is the setup for. All right, now I'm evil. Like now I'm full. Now I don't have anything tying my soul down. Now he tries to kill himself, but you know, obviously, uh, uh, Black Panther stops that. But whenever you see him in the cell and uh, Martin Freeman, who I love Martin Freeman, but he's not given anything to do in this movie. Yeah, pretty uh, much. I, I wish he would have had a little more screen time because I thought his character was kind of interesting. I was wondering to see what he was up to. And the thing is, is that like 
<laughs> there was so much speculation, like because this is nerd culture. So you you know, oh, Mark Freeman was cast. He's gonna be you know, who, what's he? What's gonna happen with him? And then he, he's like in two scenes. So like, <laughs> it, it didn't even matter. But um, I I hope they give him something a little better to do in like the next. I think maybe he'll be uh in the Black Panther movie. I'm not sure. Uh, but um, it, it, it's uh, whenever he's sitting there questioning him, and he's like, you know, and what you did, everything failed so spectacularly. And he and Zemo's just like, did it? Did it fail? And that's like the last thing you see, and you kind of see like that the hint of that like evil smirk about to pop up, and then so like next time when you see him and he's like full grown supervillain, you'll be like, all right, I'm I'm down with that. Yeah, the other thing too, like I mean, this is kind of kind of going off, like because again, like I I love the the Zemo character, I love how they like built up his motive, and then when they finally revealed it, it was like holy crap, it's like you you get it, you know, but uh. Hawkeye, like just for, just for a second, because he's not given a lot to do here, but it's like, you know, the scenes he was, I mean, he was basically just there for like the witty one-liners, you know, but uh, I remember, I, like, he was supposed to be retired after Age of Ultron, right after that whole battle, right. and uh, like, they don't really say like what brought him back, other than I guess he said Cap needed his help, and he just, he said yes, but it's like, you know, then he, you, he kept making like the jokes about, oh, like, my kids are gonna be mad at me, you know, my kids are mad that I'm here, you know, but... I mean, he was another, like, character that he really didn't get much to do either, except shoot his yeah, arrows. But you know what? I was okay with it. Like, I thought his he, he contributed o- enough, you know? He was a plot device to get Wanda over to over to Germany, and, um, you know, that was fine. And, and, and you know, and, and, he, and, he, and he contributed to the fight. He did the cool moment with the arrow and Ant-Man on the arrow. Yes, that uh, was awesome. Uh, I mean, we saw that in the trailer, but it was still super fucking cool when you see it. Uh, and he he did have some funny lines, and then he did have the you know the kind of heart to heart with Tony at the end, where he's like, where he kind of like kind of uh, shows him what a dick Tony's been being, you know. Um, and uh, I do like I do like that that uh, Scott Lang tries to get in on it. Like Hank Pym says, "Never trust a Stark." Who are you? <laughs> come, come on, on man. man! Come on, uh, man! No, I, I my just... fa- my favorite come on man moment in that movie was. Uh... When uh, right before uh Zemo interviews Winter Soldier when he's captured and the uh, freaking uh Sharon Carter comes in, she goes like, "Here's the receipt for your suits." And then uh Sam goes like, "Bird costume? Come on, man!" <laughs> that was a great moment too. They just wrote "bird costume" for him. <laughs> but I also I also like the um the moment uh with uh with Hawkeye where he's fighting where he's fighting Black Widow and he's like, "We're still friends, right?" Right. Like, yeah. <laughs> And if they stopped for a minute, and I think it was Scarlet Witch that like uh, that like attacked her, right? And then he pulling your punches. He's like, exactly. (laughs) That was that was a cool one. I was like, we're still friends, right? (laughs) That that was good. I liked that. Uh, And I also liked um, the moment where uh, Sam and Bucky are in the car and they just hate each other, and then they see uh, they see Steve like get that kiss on Sharon. And then they, yes. they they look back and they're both Bucky and Sam who are, who are his boys and they hate each other but they're his boys. They both look look back at him. They're like and oh, they're yeah. nodding. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> that's, that's our boy. <laughs> <laughs> and Emily Van Camp to another another very sexy lady in this movie. But uh, the other thing too that we failed to mention, General Ross, bro, in this movie is the Secretary of State. I was so happy. I was marking out to see him because and it's funny because the Russos mentioned that you know they kind of wanted to bring Ross into this to kind of make the Incredible Hulk relevant again, because it seems like that's kind of gotten lost in the shuffle, you know, with the more recent films that it doesn't really matter as much. So that was like their main idea, like to make Ross the secretary of state. And which is interesting because it's like, 
this the way they worded it, it seemed like this was their idea. And I guess you know Kevin Feige just said you know go ahead you know because you know it's this is, seemed like something that Feige would have them do, but like the way they worded it, it was like it was their idea, and Feige said go for it. But I, I did like that he he was in this movie. I, I did like that too. It, it, the, the only I think the only person that doesn't have any ties to this movie is Thor. Like he, he's the only person that had any sort of presence that was missing. Well, he's probably still in that pool from, from Age of Ultron. So what's that? He's probably still in that pool from Age of Ultron. You know? Yeah, right. Getting ready. Uh, yeah, they, they mentioned him by name, but he has no actual presence. Like General Ross is there as like kind of a tie back to the to the Hulk, which I thought was cool. I did like the the line where he was like, "Well, do you, where, where's Banner? Where's Thor?" And like if I if I misplace two nuclear bombs, I, I'm sure I'd hear about it. So <laughs> right, which is true. I mean, those are two hugely powerful beings, and nobody knows where they are. I mean, that's pretty bad. Um, so it was. Uh, I mean, I, I I geeked out over a lot of this. Um, the uh, you know, obviously, I mean, we mentioned both end credit sequences, so obviously you should stay. First of all, you shouldn't be listening to this if you haven't seen the movie. <laughs> but uh, but if you have you haven't for some reason you want everything spoiled, uh, you obviously make sure to sit back and watch the watch the credit sequences. Spider Man will return. People have marked out for that. Um, yeah, man, I'm happy. I'm so happy with this movie. I think easily, 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 this makes it into the top echelon of the Marvel films. I don't. I've only seen it once. I'm not ready to rank it in comparison to everything else, but it's up there with Iron Man. It's up there with Winter Soldier. It's up there with Guardians of the Galaxy. Okay. It's, up with, it's up there with Avengers 1. Uh, it's up there with Daredevil Season 1. It's up there with that upper echelon of Marvel projects right now. So, I again, I'm not ready to rank it yet, but it's up there, and I'm, I'm pretty happy. I was super, super stoked. And now I think I, we can officially say that – with of all the different series within the Marvel universe, the Captain America series is the best series. I'm just uh, well, first of all, let me just say that right now, Deadpool, everybody wants them, and Captain America: Civil War, are my top three uh, of this year. And it'd be interesting if it, if it actually ends up staying that way. But um, here's the thing too, because it's this was such like this is uh, it's like you said, many episodes. This is Avengers 2.5, so this is an ensemble film. And they really the, should have called it like it shouldn't have been Captain. It should have been called like Marvel Civil War or something like that. Because it, I mean, <laughs> Captain America was the main character, and it was all about Bucky. So I guess that does make sense. It's a Captain America movie, but it's so much more than that. Like you know. Anyway, sorry. Continue. Yeah, but it's an ensemble film in the end, and yeah. the fact that they were able to make this work the way they did. And I hate to keep harping on DC, but that movie just pissed me off. As you you know, as you listeners have heard on our review for it, but that movie just pissed me off so much that they were. To, that they screwed something like that up. And you see Marvel with more characters on their hands and actually pull it off brilliantly. It's just like... But you know why? But you know why? It's because Marvel... This is the 13th Marvel studio film. So they've they've done 12 other movies before this that have had the majority of these characters on screen before. They've built them up. They've developed the characters. So that whenever you put them on screen for this film... You don't have to do a lot with them to, for the audience to know who they are, what their deal is, why they feel the way they are. Like you still can't, you still have to do, um, uh, you still have to do the uh, the character development in this film. But a lot of work has already been done for you in the previous films. If you could, but with Batman and Superman, they just want to catch up to Marvel so bad because they have such Marvel dick envy that it's it's embarrassing 
how it's like Donald Trump and, and Ted Cruz, dude. It's like they are so envious of the of Marvel's dick that they were like, no, I gotta show, we gotta show them that our dick is as big as theirs, and they try to shove too much into one movie before they've established anything else. That like you don't give a shit. Like, you don't give a shit. It's so awkward when you see The Flash. It's so awkward when you see Cyborg. It's so awkward when you see Wonder Woman. It's so fucking awkward because they didn't develop it. You know, Marvel would have, like, if that was Marvel's movie, they would have, like, they would have had one, like you like you suggested in our initial review, they would have had Wonder Woman pop up in, like, that party scene and then the, and maybe one other scene, that's it. You wouldn't have gotten her again, you know? Like, and then it's good, but so that by the next time you have another movie, you're like, oh, there's Wonder Woman. Oh, okay, now we know who she is, right? Yeah. Or, or same thing with The Flash and, and, and Cyborg. So you would have put hints in it. You wouldn't have sat there for five fucking minutes and shown YouTube videos. Uh, and so awkwardly <laughs> so tried to be like, so awkwardly tried to be like, here, here we go. Here's our stuff. We're just like Marvel. See, we're just like Marvel. It's like, no, you're fucking not. You don't know how to fucking do this. That, that was like, you did that with the subtlety of a brick through a window. Like, you don't know how to fucking do this. Zack Snyder needs to go. Now, and, and there's a lot of rumblings that Zack Snyder may go, actually. Uh, and, and there's a lot of, you know, rumors like uh, uh, Justin, uh, no, James Wan is is not, oh, sure. um, you know, there are rumors about him leaving Aquaman. Uh, there's uh, there's rumors of uh, of of Ben Affleck getting a, a higher producer role in these movies. So like, it, it, I think that I think the DC executives know they're 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 not exactly lighting the world on fire. Like Batman and Superman made money, but it didn't make the money they wanted it to make. And Marvel Civil War, I guarantee you, is gonna make the money that Disney wants it to make. Exactly. And and I read something about how like. It took uh, Batman and Superman eight weeks to make, like, how much? I, I forgot the amount. But everybody's predicting that Civil War is going to make it within the first two weeks. What It took Batman and Superman eight weeks to make. Now, I can't remember the exact amount. I'll have to look up the article. Maybe I'll post it, like, with the with the show. But, uh, yeah, man, it's just what an amazing, amazing, amazing film. I had such a great time. Probably the most fun I've had at the movie since Days of Future Past, to be honest with you. So... It's going to be very, very interesting to see the follow-up. Now, the, now the immediate follow-up is Doctor Strange. So that's going to be like a whole like introductory film to Doctor Strange. Yeah, I'm actually a little, I'm a little surprised that they did not drop in any Doctor Strange Easter eggs in here. And maybe they didn't. I didn't notice it, but I mean that's always a possibility. But I'm surprised that there wasn't any more obvious ones. Um, but uh, but yeah, that's going to be the next one, and I think it'll be um, uh, I, I mean Guardians I, is after that too, right? Guardians two, and then uh, Spider Man. Uh, let me look. Let's look at the. Let's look at the lighting. The, yeah, there you go. Phase three. Because this is this is the beginning of phase three, right? Yeah. Yes. So let's see here. Um, do, do, do. phase three. All right. Let's see. We got Civil War. We got Doctor Strange and his Guardians two. Then it's Spider Man. Then it's Thor Ragnarok. Then it's Black Panther, and then it's uh, Avengers: Infinity War Part One. Maybe that's a, they're going to change the title. We'll see. Then it says Captain Marvel, and then Infinity War Part Two. So it's going to be an in-between film. No, 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 no Ant-Man and, and, and the Wasp. Yes, yeah. I forgot about that one. Yeah. And then now, Phase Three has the most movies I think out of anyone so far because it has like one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Is it ten films right there? Two, four, six, eight, ten. Yeah, ten films. Phase Two was six. Phase one was six, and phase three is gonna be ten. So yeah, they're they're throwing a Captain Marvel in there. 
and Doctor Str- so we're getting two new character introductions in in Phase Three, um, with their own movies. Um, and if you add Doctor Strange, Spider Man, and Black Panther, you're starting. Um, wait, yeah, Doctor Strange, Black Panther, Spider Man, and Captain Marvel. Marvel. So you have the yeah. start of four new franchises, um, and then ten movies, an introduction of two new characters. That's uh, that's a lot of stuff, man, going on. But I, you know what? Hey, I, I'm I'm totally confident in these guys at this point. And look, it's not to say that. Over the over the last twelve films, Marvel has not dropped the ball a couple times. Uh, I think Iron Man two was a big ball drop. I don't. I think Iron Man three was a ball drop. Yep. Dark World was boring. Um, <laughs> right. Ultron not great, but you know we still got Iron Man. We still got. Uh, I I like the first Avenger. I know a lot of people don't, but I like the first Avenger. Uh, we got the first Avengers movie. Um, we got Winter Soldier. We got Guardians, and I like Ant Man. So I mean. More good than bad, I think, in my opinion. Right. Uh, but they they have they've gained my trust. So at this point, you know we've they have got the equity, bro. Yeah. So we've got one more Marvel movie this year with the Doctor Strange. Next year, three it's... Marvel movies. And then the 2018, three. Yeah. Three, and then two in 2019. So I actually didn't realize that Homecoming was that close. Like, I yeah. actually didn't realize that's that's only a year away. So like I didn't I realize that at the time. So that's cool, man. I, I'm I'm down for this. I'm so. pumped. Yeah, and I think in humans, I think they got rid of the, they got rid of the schedule. Yeah, they got rid of Inhumans, and I I honestly don't blame them because the Inhumans. That's based off of the Agents of Shield like storyline, right? I think. Well, they did. They started introducing them to Agents of Shield, I think, to get the audiences used to what they were supposed to be. But in all honesty, how they've been doing them on Agents of Shield is not like the comics really at all, and. I'm not interested in them, so maybe they just saw how that was playing out. That it just maybe that they kind of like stopped caring. Yeah, here's what's weird. It's weird because I I remember watching the first season of Agents of Shield and I got bored. Like I, a lot of people did, and I stopped watching. But then it's like you have like Daredevil. You know, two seasons already of Daredevil. Like every episode is freaking awesome. It's like I guess it's because it's a shorter season because it's Netflix. But it's like, what's what's the difference? Like, it's it's the MCU, so like the TV version. But it's like, why is like Agents of Shield kind of lagging compared to like Daredevil? I don't know. I don't know what's going on in that show. That it's just it does not because Agent Carter is really good. Um, Netflix is awesome. Or sorry, uh, Daredevil's awesome. I really enjoyed Jessica Jones. I know some fans are split on it, um, but I enjoyed Jessica Jones. Um, so like, I don't know. Uh, it, it, that's the thing. We're gonna get. In the in phase three, we're also gonna get another Daredevil season. We're gonna get uh, we're I think they did they did announce Jessica Jones season two, and then we're also gonna get uh, Iron Fist, which I think comes out later this year. And I think uh, Luke Cage also, right? Oh no, Cage comes out this year, and they're filming Iron Fist now. That's what it okay. is. Okay, and then uh, Punisher's getting his own show now. And the Punisher, they announced that like out. I mean, he was so fantastic. Did you see season two? Yes. You finished yes. it. I finished it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So he's so he comes up so he comes that's the best the Punisher's ever been on film like yeah. ever better than Thomas Jane. I like you know what I like Thomas I liked how Thomas Jane portrayed him. It, he was just in a shitty movie. No, like, but with Travolta, bro, wacky Travolta in that movie. That's that's, that's my draw. <laughs> no, that's my draw, bro. I'm sorry. He was wack. He was he. It's it's terrible, but he's wacky, bro. It, it's just I like wacky Travolta. The best part, the best part of of the Punisher movie, and I'm not even joking when I say this, is the fight with Kevin Nash. 
<laughs> That's true. It's a it's a good fight. It's an awesome fight scene. So like I, I really did enjoy that part. But uh, no, the but, rest like, of... but no, but Shane from The Walking Dead, bro, was like he's killing it, bro. He's awesome. He's so awesome in the in the show. So uh, and, and you know what? He he's made me care about a character that I actually don't really like because I think the Punisher is kind of a kind of a a scumbag. Like I've never been a fan of like the whole, like I'm gonna kill people like to. You know, they're going to kill assholes. Like, I know I've never been, been a fan of that, but he made me care about that character. Uh, and it's the best he's ever been portrayed on camera. So, um, you know, so we've got we've got all this stuff. It's all lining up, man. And then DC's still spinning its wheels. Oh. And I will say, I will say that I think that the Wonder Woman movie could be good. I'm actually, I think Wonder Woman was the best part of that movie. Uh, as, as, um, as, um, What's the word I'm looking for? As stupid as her introduction was and as ham-fisted as it was, I think she's going to actually turn out to be a really good um, a really good addition to the to, to superhero movies, and I'm actually excited about that. Yeah. But, man, that the these Justice League movies, no no confidence, man. A vote of no confidence in, Sen- in Senator Malone. <laughs> That's good. That's a good one. But uh, did they uh, – now it- – like I kind of mentioned earlier, in the Civil War comic, Daredevil is in it. Is there a reason why he wasn't in the movie? Or like, are they keeping like both like the TV and the movie you know, it, separate? You it know, it does seem like they're keeping them separate. Like they they reference stuff in in the in the Netflix Daredevil, shows. Yeah, yeah. And they they mention it in, in in um in Jessica Jones too. They mentioned it in both. They mention the world of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Like they it, it's referenced. They talk about the invasion and things like that. The incident. They call it the incident. Um, they mentioned Thor. They mentioned Captain America. They mentioned Iron Man. Like they, they are referenced. Um, it takes place in it, but I don't think I think they're always going to like keep them separate. To be honest, I don't. I just don't see them. And honestly, if you would have thrown in Daredevil in this movie, like I don't, I, I, I don't think it would have. Uh, I, I think that's just too much. Okay. I, yeah, I, I was just wondering that because I mean he's in the in the in the comic, so yeah. I mean, and they, he has his own show already. I figured they would have thrown him in here too, but I guess not. You know. Do you think they're going to be part of, like, the Infinity War films? Like, any of them. You know, like, Punisher or Daredevil or Jessica well, Jones. interesting because the Russo brothers did say that, you know, they got misquoted. Um, they said that, like, oh, in, in Infinity War, we're going to have, like, 60-some characters. And that's not actually what they said. What they said was that, like, by the time they get to Infinity War, they will have access to 60-some characters. And that they were excited about the possibility of having – such a large kind of group of characters to play with. They never actually said all 60 some characters are going to be in the movies, you know? So it'll be interesting if they throw in your uh, daredevil or Luke Cage. Um, I don't think they'll, I, I, I don't know how they're going to do because, you know, in the comics, um, there was some kind of big, it wasn't after civil war, but it was, uh, at one point they, you know, they, there was kind of some big moment where like the Avengers kind of disbanded for a little while, and then they brought them back as the new Avengers. And the new Avengers were Iron Man, Captain America, and then Spider-Man, Luke Cage, Daredevil, and Wolverine, and I forget somebody else, too. Um, uh, maybe that would have been it. So, like, it was like this kind of new version of the Avengers, like, basically all of their big guns, right? And um, it's, it'd be interesting if, like, because they are technically in the Marvel Universe after Infinity War, after, like, the contracts of, like, your, your uh, Robert Downey Jr.'s and your uh, Chris Evans and your, you know, uh, 
uh, what's Thor's name? Uh, uh, Chris Hemsworth. Like, if their contracts were now, or they're getting too expensive, it'd be interesting. They're like, all right, well, now we're going to start a new Avengers with Spider Man <laughs> and Cage and yeah. Ant Man. And, you know, like, I wouldn't be shocked to see them do it. And you know what? It's smart that they're introducing all these characters now so that we can cycle them out, you know, so we can cycle out your Captain America and your Iron Man and, and then put in your Spider Man and your, and your Daredevil and whatnot. Like, it, it's smart to do that. Um, oh, one thing we didn't talk about real quick. I. I, I popped for a uh, 1980s version of Robert Downey Jr. on screen. Like, <laughs> the de aging on Marvel films continues, bro. You had freaking Michael Douglas in Ant Man, and now you have he, he looked, Robert Downey. Michael Douglas looked like he stepped out of uh, out of Wall Street, and and, and uh, Robert Downey <laughs> Jr. Gecko, like bro. He just got off of Weird Science, man. It yes. looks so like I was like, oh my god, look how he, he looks like a baby. And it looked really good. It looked really good. Like if you, I'm sure if you stared hard enough, you could see where it was like, okay, there's the uncanny valley. But like, it will look really good, man. So I was, I, I was like, oh, look at that. So I, I'm glad that we're getting to that point in, um, I'm glad that we're getting to that point with this kind of technology because it always takes me out of a movie, like, and not just any, not just the comic movies but any sort of movie where you have two different actors playing one when they were young and one when they were older you know yeah. uh so like it's it's getting closer to the point where like if you have an older character you can like de-age them for like the younger scenes you know what i mean so we'll see yeah exactly exactly it, it certainly looks better than jeff bridges and tron <laughs> oh don't remind me about that one as much as i love tron legacy i'm a mark for tron legacy but that uh, he did not that was not good that right. was pretty <laughs> but now, okay, last question before we get out of here. So, um, this was uh, Chris Evans's last uh, Captain America film in his contract. Now, I think the only ones he has left to do are the two Infinity War films. Do you think Steve Rogers will bite the dust in either one of those films? No, I what I because um... he said now he said it, they are open to like renegotiate to extend the contract, but. Right now, his last two that are he's contractually obligated to do are the two Infinity War films. So you think he'll bite the dust? I think that you you will see. Um, I think what will happen is that he'll be done with them, and he'll get he'll take his break, and he'll he'll be uh, uh, taking you know um, taking some time off, maybe direct a movie, maybe like just spend time with his family, and then you know once he kind of get recharges battery, Marvel's gonna be like. Hey, we got this thing coming up here. Here's like twenty-five million dollars. You want to do it? And they'd be like, "All right, I'll come back." <laughs> you know, I think it's gonna happen because that's what happened with with, with uh, Downey. Like he was gonna be done with like uh, these uh, after like I think event, and then they talked him into Spider-Man. So you know, because they threw some money <laughs> yeah, at him. Yeah, that's true. They threw some money at him, and Robert Downey was like, "All right." <laughs> <You know? laughs> All right. And the thing is, you know, if I'm Robert Downey Jr., because like Chris Evans. Chris Evans kind of has the short end of has the short end of the deal, right? Because Chris Evans has to like be in like ridiculous shape all the time to be, and that's why that's why Hugh Jackman isn't doing X Men movies anymore. Is because like, dude, I'm like 45, I cannot keep my body in this shape much longer. Like yeah. this this is it, man. I'm I'm done. Like I I I this is hard work, and I can't do it longer. So like Chris Evans is gonna get to that point where he's like, I cannot look like a fucking Greek god. For the rest of my life, I'm like I have to like be able to eat pizza and like you know not go to the gym like one for one day out of the week, um, but like Robert Downey Jr. doesn't have to be in great shape. Like he just has to look good in a suit. That's it. And then <laughs> when it's time to be Iron Man, he just has to wear like the bottom part. 
because he doesn't have to like, do any fighting because whatever Iron Man's fighting, it's CGI. They just have to get a close-up of him inside the suit every now and then with like his face and, the clo- and, and the, all the displays on his face and shit, and that's it. So, like, he's got a pretty cherry deal. And if, like, you want to pay me, like, $10, $20 million to just come and do a few lines and shit, fuck, I'll do that. He's got the best deal out of all of them. Yeah. I'm just wondering what his role is going to be in Spider-Man because it seems kind of wacky that he's in it, you know? Well, I mean, it, he he is kind of like – it does the, it does stray from the comics in the sense that, you know, Peter Parker, you know, his origin didn't involve Iron Man and, you know – he started his his current fighting career without Iron Man, and then it wasn't until much later that he met Iron Man, and uh, it wasn't until Civil War that they actually developed a friendship and and like a bond and like a um, because it's a, it's a, it was basically in Civil War when they realized that oh Spider Man's actually a genius he's he comes off like this moron like douchebag like arrogant little shit but he's actually ridiculously smart and then that's how they kind of bonded um, but. They're gonna kind of, they're definitely gonna stray from the books and have Iron Man take it, be a little bit more of a mentor. I'm fine with it, totally okay with it. It's fine. Like There's more it, Robert Downey Jr. on screen. I'm, I'm happy. And you know what? They, dude, they had great chemistry. That one scene in yeah. his bedroom, and that sounds creepy. But that <laughs> one scene in his bedroom, they had fantastic chemistry together. Like you, I, I, I want to see that again, even if for only one scene. Even if it's only like, like how in, um, uh, in, uh, in the movie Chef, they advertise Robert Downey Jr. and all the advertisements, and he's one, and he's in one two-minute scene. You know, I remember that. Um, shit. If, if, even if it's only that, it, they have such great chemistry together. I want to see it again. So, uh, I'm totally fine with that. All right, I think that's gonna do. That's gonna wrap it up. Uh, so definitely suck. <laughs> What's that? I was like, yeah, this movie sucked. Don't see it. <laughs> uh, two thumbs way way up I give it a million million thumbs up 4.999 out of 5 right now even this is the first viewing so we'll see I, I'm pretty sure you know this it's not going to be like uh, Age of Ultron I think this movie's going to age very well and it's just like even the Winter Soldier who was, which was also directed by the, uh, the Russos that has aged very well as well so um I'm very confident that this film will, will be highly, highly remembered in the years to come. But uh, um, that'll wrap up for Perspective episode 78. Any questions, comments, feedback, just send an email to fpmpodcast at gmail.com or send us a tweet at fpmoviepodcast. You know, if you want to talk about the show on Twitter, just use the hashtag fpmoviepodcast as well. Uh, Dolfo, anything to plug? Uh yeah, essential films podcast.com, uh essential film at essential films on Twitter, uh the essential films podcast coming soon, coming soon, coming soon on the waterfront. Uh we should have that up fairly soon. Fairly soon, yep. Uh so on the waterfront. But in the meantime, check out uh check out the Casablanca episode, the Godfather episode, the Citizen Kane episode, the Vertigo episode. They're all up now. Um uh, so check those out and subscribe, rate and review uh both essential films and force perspective for that matter on iTunes. Yes, sir. Uh, do you have any final words? Because I do, but I'm gonna let you go first. Um, on Captain America, uh, just it's one of the top tier Marvel films. Um, in the in the past, uh, uh, you know, it's one of the top tier Marvel films. Period. Very happy with it so far. We've gotten two great comic book movies this year. Uh, uh, one of them was Deadpool. The other one was Captain America. Very excited about the Phase Three of the Marvel Universe, and. Um, yeah, very high, very, very high on this film. Very, very, very satisfying film. I'm sure anybody – I mean, if you're listening to this, you've already seen it. But any 
recommend it to everybody. I'm sure this this is a lot of a little bit of everything for for people, you know. So I think that's what also like it has like that mass appeal that everybody could enjoy. But here's my final uh final word before we get out of here. Um, I need to get your thoughts, even if, as brief as they may be, on the Ghostbusters trailer being the most disliked uh movie trailer oh, right. in YouTube history. Okay, so let's let's be real for one second and say that there is clearly very much a contingent of people out there that hate this movie because it's girls. They abs- there's absolutely a contingency of people out there that they're just being misogynist douchebags. That's absolutely a thing. But and I think that a good percentage of that those dislikes have to do with that because if you look at the comments, you know, it's like looking at the comments on a news story about uh well, it's YouTube. Killing- it's yeah, YouTube, well, man. It's like right, you'll never just, find a more wretched hive of scum and villainy. Right, but but not even just YouTube. Like any sort of internet comments. If you see a story about a cop killing a black kid, you're just gonna see the comment section full of racist shit. If you see a Do- Donald Trump news story, you're gonna see a, a comment section full of racist shit. If you look at the Ghostbusters thing, you're gonna see a comment section full of misogynist shit. It's there. We cannot pretend that because we have valid criticism of it that there aren't that the other side doesn't have valid criticisms that a lot of the stuff is coming from a misogynistic perspective. That's absolutely true. So a good portion of that is absolutely misogynist douchebags. But I also think that normal, rational thinking, non you know uh, misogynistic assholes, people that are very you know pro equality and 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 pro feminism and everything like that. I think a lot of those people have seen this trailer. And just think, oh, that doesn't look good. That looks bad. There's the comedy isn't there. Uh, people are annoyed that there's no Bill Murray, that there's no Harold Ramis, that there's no Ernie Hudson, that there's no Dan Aykroyd. They wanted to see those characters. A lot of people have, uh, you know, those characters have a lot of equity with the fan base. Uh, they, they, you know, they a lot of people. There's also a lot of. There's also a lot of uh, uh, blowback because it's a remake and people are sick of remakes. They don't want their their childhood memories remade. And especially whenever this looks like it's not even referencing like the original stuff, that it's just going to be a straight up remake. People don't like that either. You know, uh, I think that has a lot of it to do with it, too. Um, And it's just the fact that when you just look at it and you take all that out of the equation, all of that out of the equation and you just watch the trailer based only on the content that you see in the trailer it is just just not good. It's not funny. It's not entertaining. Uh, it, it, you've got you know a Leslie Jones doing a, a stereotypical angry black lady. Like it's not, it's not funny. And you have that oldest joke in you know in the universe that the joke that died in 1987. Uh, oh, that's gonna leave a mark. And that is coming out. That's in a movie in 2016. That joke really. That's a non-joke, man. That's a that's 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 terrible. And the fact that it's in the trailer as a selling point, bro, that's the uh, so, that's what so baffles I, me. I, I think that certainly – remember, this is the internet. This is the internet. So – you know, and the internet sometimes is like – sometimes whenever you see people piling on something and, and hating it, sometimes it's just fun to pile on. Even if you're kind of apathetic towards it or don't even care, sometimes it's just fun to pile on something. And, 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 and I think all of that is contributing to the – most disliked status of all time you know i certainly think there are worse things to like or to dislike that are on youtube than this trailer uh but uh, you know i have no 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 faith in this movie this this is a trailer displayed as a trailer during my screening for civil war no laughs man no laughs really you got that i got a let me see okay 
I got a uh, I got Magnificent Seven. I got I, that too. That looks awesome. Yeah. And, oh, funny story, like a little little tangent. So this was the first time that my mother was seeing the uh, the trailer for Magnificent Seven, and she got very pissed off because she oh, didn't really? know they were remaking okay. it. No, because no, because she knew they were remaking it, and you know, and she goes like, and this is funny. She goes next to me right after it, and she goes like, when you start making your movies, please be original and don't do remakes because you know I'm I'm getting really tired of this. Like, you no, know, Magnificent Seven, the original, was one of my father's favorite films, and you know why do they have to remake it? You know, she just went on this whole tangent like just because of that trailer. It looks awesome. Like I like the cast, but it's just the the idea of another remake, you know, and especially a film that you know that's close to her heart because of my my grandfather so that's uh that kind of set her off but so you know i, I don't mind the remaking it just because like i said before i mean it in and of itself is a remake for um uh uh remake of uh, seven samurai sorry I, my brain had a fart there yeah. um so i don't have a problem with it being remade um I just, you know, I don't think we needed it, <laughs> but you know, it, it looked cool. Like I'm not gonna lie, it looked cool. I'll watch it. And I also got a Legend of Tarzan, which we talked briefly about in the last episode. But uh, I didn't know Christoph Waltz was in it, and he was in the trailer, and I started marking out for him. You know, and I think that I think this this Tarzan film is not like a, a origin story. You cut out. Who, who did you see? Christoph Waltz, bro. Uh, wait, he's in the tra- he's in the movie. Yes, he's How the, he's the villain. What? I swear to God, bro. He's the no. villain. And I think this Tarzan film is not like an origin story like I thought it was going to be. It's going to I think it takes place like after like he meets Jane and they're like they get married or whatever and then it's uh Christoph uh, trying to like take him away or something. Uh Sorry. I think I, I, I think I, but I just I, saw Christoph Waltz there acting like a badass and I was like, I'm "Oh just, shit." I, I'm throwing up in my mouth a little. Like this <laughs> I don't fucking care, man. No one cares about Tarzan. No one fucking cares about Tarzan. I, no one cares about Tarzan, dude. I care about Christoph Waltz. He made. I care about Christoph Waltz though. So he may be if if it gets good enough reviews, I'll see it because of him, bro. Like legit, he's like a, he's like my idol right now. So anyway, but I thought I was gonna get Suicide Squad. I didn't get that. Um, I got Suicide Squad. I got Suicide Squad. I got Doctor Strange. I got Doctor I got Ghost- Strange as well. I got Ghostbusters. No, I didn't uh, get- Magnificent Seven. Uh, I feel like I'm missing another major like. I got Independence Day. I don't know if you did. I did. I did not get Independence Day. I'm trying to think of uh, any other major kind of geek movie. Um, I think that was pretty much it. I'm, I'm sure that there was, was a couple more that I can't remember, but. Uh, shit. Anyway, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. All right. Um, do I have anything else to say? I think we're. I think we're done here. All right. So, uh, next episode, okay, so we're going to take a little break from current films, and next couple episodes we're going to be revisiting some classics. We're going to start a new mini-series here on the show, and uh, we're going to start with my favorite film. If you're long-time listeners of the show, you already know what that is, so get ready for a fun ride on that one. So, um, that's going to do it. On behalf of Adolfo, with Sports Life 515, thank you for joining us, and until next time, we are out of here.
Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.